0: Hello, and thank you once again for tuning into the Rexburg Love podcast. Uh, We are coming at you once again from deep within Rexburg, Idaho. I'm very excited to bring you a wonderful interview today uh, with someone that I've been able to get to know over the past year. And it's been absolutely fantastic hearing a little bit of their story, and I'm excited to get uh, way more into it today. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the podcast, to our guest.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: It's going very well. So to start off, uh, could you share with uh, with me how you identify, uh, how I can address you?
1: I uh, use she, her pronouns.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay. So uh, let's, let's go ahead and get right into your story. Do you want to share with us a little bit of your uh, upbringing, where your parents are from, your relationship yeah. to the church as a child?
1: So I grew up in the church. I was born in Washington, and then we moved to Utah, all over Utah, and my parents got divorced when I was six, so uh, even at a young age, I kind of saw that that was a, um, that was that was not okay to get divorced and, and break the family unit, um, but I, the church was helpful in that, uh, when we, we continued to move, they were a, um, they were part of the, they were like a constant in my life. So we would move all over the place and, um, we, but I always knew on Sundays we would go and be taught, a, a, about Christ's love and some other things I didn't quite understand and thought, Oh, maybe I'll understand them later never did but um i also uh there were adults that cared about me no matter and so like we moved to different cities we actually moved 13 times before i turned 11 oh wow and so um it was it was like uh, it was like family to me to have that community no matter where i went so awesome um and then my mom so my mom got her degree in a uh, master's degree in fine arts um she had to go back to college after she, they got divorced and she got a job as an adjunct art teacher at rick's college so um and then so we lived in rigby for two years
0: and and you were how old at this point
1: i was um 10 it was ages 10 to, to 12 okay. and um and then when i turned and then like during the summer of uh of like my sixth of 1999 she met my stepdad and we and they got married and we moved to be with him in california
0: and okay so so, I- it, so from uh washington to utah to idaho and then to california
1: yes okay and then um i uh yeah, so I lived there from ages twelve to eighteen, and then when I graduated, um, it just I only applied to uh, the BYUs. I got accepted into BYU Idaho, so I went there, and I met my husband there, and so I got my BS and my MRS, um, and then we stayed in Rexburg because he's like he grew up here, okay, um, and we we actually. Um, stayed here for a while and then I and and we waited and I one of the things that I always had in my mind was I am not going to drop out of college to have kids and so because my mom had kids and had to go back to college and so I was like I no matter what happens I want to have a degree and that was something that the church doesn't really teach it's kind of like yeah. oh education's okay but like the the best thing that you can possibly do with your life is become a mother and it's like yeah. well what does that say to to women you know
0: your yeah, education's definitely. not important so so, so uh, let's let's back up a little bit back to your childhood so, so you had mentioned a, a first off with the divorce that was something that uh that you you received the impression even as a child that that wasn't okay that was that was a problem point, and then you're also mentioning with your with your mother having to go back to uh, to the workforce after the divorce, uh, where do you remember any sort of explicit teaching or wh- why do you feel at a young age you got these impressions?
1: I don't know what it was necessarily. I just remember feeling lesser.
0: Really, okay, and. So, and- and just do like you rem- as a
1: child of a broken family, um, you know, having to be um, like a project, you know.
0: Do you remember a time yeah. where that feeling started to develop for you, or does it seem like that was just always kind of there?
1: I don't remember a time when it wasn't there.
0: Okay. Do you, Do you are there any specific experiences you had growing up that I uh, that you can think of that really helps cement that for you, that that was part of the culture of the church you were in.
1: Um, just the being looked down on for being part of a divorced family.
0: Yeah. Um, Any specific lessons or anything like that?
1: Like there's always, you know, there are different lessons about the roles of, of, I just, they, they always, all of their stuff is geared toward this uh, mold that they want you all to fit in. Okay. And if you don't fit in, then the lesson just doesn't apply to you and there's no, it just doesn't apply to you. And so it's like, well, um, I only, ha- I only live with my mom. I only have a mom, you know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah. there would, it doesn't, wasn't necessarily a specific lesson. It would just come up all the time because we're not part of the family unit, you know, of society. So we are other.
0: Yeah, definitely. So then I, uh, you, you lived in Utah until you were how old? About 10 years, you said?
1: I lived in Utah until I was about 10. Yeah, so from okay. ages 2 to 10.
0: And uh, what do you remember anything that stood out from transitioning living in Utah to living in in Idaho as far as uh, your experiences there?
1: Um, I just – it was actually moving from Idaho to California that was very – because Idaho and Utah are pretty – much the same in my experience i i I remember like some of the education systems not being as like i remember i didn't like my classes but that didn't have anything to do with religion but um
0: but 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 then you said from idaho to california was very difficult
1: it wasn't necessarily difficult it was just you know your your religion was no longer assumed OK. Um. And so people would ask you what you believe and then you'd have to be like, wait, what do I believe? You know, and that actually solidified my testimony okay. in Mormonism at that time, because I was I was like, well, this is what I believe. And here I have this community of people during the summer that we're meeting at church. And then you go to school and like you have this group of Mormons yeah. and throughout high school I mean I was able to kind of I was I hung out with all different kinds of groups I never really was like a I didn't fit into well there were 2,500 high school students so there weren't cliques the way that they are elsewhere and so you just kind of I mean yeah there were people like the cheerleaders would hang out with each other but it wasn't like I didn't feel like I had any pressure to like become one of them you know, and I didn't feel any pressure to, to not be Mormon. I didn't feel any pressure to like be anything I wasn't. So I just was who I am and I hang out with whoever I felt like hanging out with. So,
0: so you mentioned the, the solidifying of your testimony while in California. I, we did, was that mainly just from having to explain your beliefs to other people or it's it, it, in the church, there's a lot of a, uh, you know, get your own testimony. Don't just rely on that of your parents. Did you have any moments that were very powerful to you where, you know, you, you did the Moroni's promise or anything like that, that really helped um, out with that as well?
1: So, and I hope I don't offend people by saying this, but um, uh, the book of Mormon came out, was published as a book. And so Mark Twain actually read it and he said and his his review was it's chloroform in print yeah and i very much agree with him i never was able to read through the book because it was so boring yeah (laughs) and i tried really hard to like get a testimony that way yeah but i never did and i never finished it because i i just yeah
0: uh, so then did you have anything else outside of the book of Mormon that was, uh, a, a very testimony strengthening experience for you that you'd like to share?
1: Um, I think just going to, and I think like the mission, you, when you go on a mission, it's like the missions for the missionary, not necessarily to convert anybody. And so like when you go to a place where not everyone is like you, um, then you kind of tend to grasp onto your group of people. And so okay. it might not necessarily been a testimony so much as a sense of belonging.
0: Okay. And so in general, uh, during these teen years of yours, how, how would you gauge your level of activity in the church?
1: Oh, super active.
0: Super active. Okay. Yeah. We, I, I
1: was active all my life.
0: Okay. You know? it, was it just you or you and your, you and your family as well?
1: Me and my family, but I'm the youngest of, well, when they, when they got married, I ended up having two brothers, two stepbrothers, two sisters, and two step- stepsisters. So in total, there were nine of us, and I was the youngest. So I was seeing people, like my siblings, leave and how that affected my parents. Leaving but the it, church, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And so, um, but it wasn't something that appealed to me at the time to leave. Um, I'm really glad that they left before I did because then I, uh, like when my, when my mom, and I mean, I'm jumping around here so you can stop me if you want, but, um, when I did eventually leave, my mom said, your worth was established the day you were born. No matter what you do, I will always love you. And that's never going to change. And I, she did not have that response to many of my siblings because a lot of times the culture is to shame the person to try to bring them back, but no one can be motivated by shame. It just, and my mom realized that and she did, she knew. And so I, I'm grateful for my siblings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's powerful stuff. Kudos, kudos to your mom. Uh, so then, uh, did you graduate high school in California then?
1: Yeah, so I graduated okay. high school and then I came out here in two
0: thousand. So, so then, as a senior in high school, you know, it's always the always the question: What college are you going to? Yeah. Uh, what? How how much of a decision was that for you? Were there other places that were in the running? Uh, was 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 BYU Idaho the main target, or?
1: Um, the main target was BYU. The uh, second, so and then I and then I applied to the other BYUs as well.
0: Okay. Awesome. Although I
1: think I didn't apply to Hawaii for some reason, which I should have, because that would have been great <laughs> to be out there. But
0: Seriously, yeah. <laughs> especially once you start experiencing those Idaho winters,
1: you're yeah. wondering why
0: you're not at Yeah. But you had already lived in Idaho and Utah, so you experienced a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. And it was kind of like, I've been here before, you know, this is a familiar place to me. So. That's
0: a good point. Yeah. Because you said you lived in Rigby for two years, was it? Yes. Okay. Awesome. So then, so you decide to to go to BYU-Idaho. Was that, I, I, I have quite a few people who have told me that that was a very spiritual experience for them receiving some sort of witness they should go there, uh, some sort of direction that that's,
1: oh, yeah. they're going to the Lord's
0: University. Did well, you experience any of that?
1: Um, I think I did actually. Like, I just felt like this piece of like this is where I'm supposed to be. Okay, you know, awesome.
0: So then, uh, I as as you arrive in 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 Rexburg in BYU Idaho, give us a little snapshot of what kind of person you were. uh, I guess some of the main main things we talk about here on this podcast are things like you know, it, it, feminism, LGBT rights, uh, things like that. Uh, do you mind sharing with us a little bit your your viewpoints on those things, political landscape, anything like that?
1: Um, growing up, I started, uh, I was like taught to be Republican. And then as I got more educated, I realized that I was more liberal. Um, and then as, and um, I, I do remember in the high school saying things like, that's gay. And thinking there was actually a time in high school where um, we had this debate class and we were supposed to debate um, why gay marriage wasn't was should be banned or whatever, you know, during that whole prop eight time. And um, I tried to like fight it, but then like logically it just didn't make sense. Like constitutionally, you should be able to marry who you love. You know what i mean no matter yeah. what they what gender they are and it's so so like even like it was i couldn't i couldn't argue my side because it just didn't even make sense
0: yeah and and i i just realized i missed something completely so you were probably in california during prop 8 right
1: so it was like kind of like on the ramp up to prop 8 and okay. I remember being really angry that they were asking church members to call people to talk about voting. I was like, I thought we weren't dealing with politics. What is going on here? This isn't okay.
0: So I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of people because if they weren't involved at all, they just heard what a lot of people said, which was the church is staying out of it. We we have a proclamation on the family and that's that's kind of it. But as someone who was in California at the time, do you have any... Uh, I've I've heard some people say that 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 uh, company line just doesn't ring true at all. The the church was definitely pushing a lot of campaigns and enlisting members to be part of that. Did you experience any of that at all?
1: I I did experience the like people who around me um, really feeling like this is you know they're they're attacking the family unit and that's why the proclamation of the family came out and. You know, but but like for me, it was like no. This they're attacking other people's rights. The church is yeah. attacking other people's rights.
0: And it and did you have any like mutual activities or anything like that that centered around activism towards Prop 8?
1: No, thankfully. No,
0: you didn't. Okay. I would have been angry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so. it, what it, what year did you graduate high school?
1: 2005.
0: 2005. Okay. Yeah. So, Prop 8, I believe, was in 2008, wasn't it? So yeah, like yeah. you said, the the ramp up. Okay. Yeah. We, we even had some of that here in, in Rexburg. I remember there being mutual activities where we stuffed mailers type of thing. Wow. Yeah. And so hearing, hearing people say that, uh, oh, the church has no hand in this at all. It's It's all grassroots. That didn't match with what I experienced.
1: Yeah. Like they were, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure some of our tithing went toward prop eight. I would not be surprised.
0: Crazy. All right. So, uh, so then, yeah, you, you decided to come to BYU, Idaho. Um, it, it, when, when you got here, did you have any views on feminism at all?
1: Feminist, feminist was, has always been, has always carried a bad connotation. Okay. Um, no, like just like, especially in Utah and Idaho, um, no matter what religious holdings they, they have. Um, I, um, I wish that it didn't have that connotation because I think that women should have rights and that's all it's saying is just like, everyone should be treated equally. Sure, I do sure. think that I'm a humanist in that I don't just want fem- like females to be treated equally. I want everyone to be treated equally. I hate that like I got pulled over last week. I don't hate it. I mean, like, I, I recognize my privilege. I got pulled over last week and, and nothing happened, but had I been a black man, Something might have happened, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like this is 2020, and and we're still having these issues. Um, I've always wanted to. I've always been an inclusive person. Um, okay. Uh, but I mean, I I think growing up, I still there was still this this frame around, um, you know, being gay is weird and not okay. And 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 I and I have since changed my views on that, and really do feel like everyone should be treated. You know, like they should describe as- to what my mom says. Your value was established the day you were born. You're a human and you are of worth, you right. know? And nobody, yeah. the only, you can't, like, no one should be able to take that away from you. Yeah. So,
0: and and so would you say your your feelings were pretty similar then when you first got to Rexburg? Um,
1: hmm. I think, I think I still had a little bit of a prejudice toward um lg L- lgbtq plus um you know yeah uh, and and I, I i do think that i still had a prejudice there and um yeah but i'm I've i've always i've always tried to be loving and kind but th- there are some things that were very much ingrained in me
0: oh definitely yeah so, so then, as someone who grew up in in Utah, a little bit in Idaho, but then had, uh, you know those those teen years in California, uh, what was your first uh, moments year semester like here in Rexburg, uh, dealing with Rexburg culture? Was it a little bit of a culture shock for you at all?
1: Um, no, I'm. I mean, like I I was used to it as a kid, so it was it was. Um, I actually like really loved. I loved all my professors at BYU Idaho um and even like the religion professors i love them most of them there was one that was that would throw out like apostles names as if that mattered
0: Hmm.
1: um i don't like treating apostles like they are are better than anyone else
0: yeah i mean like it's Uh just
1: like it 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 just goes back to treating people of all they're all of value i'm not gonna see anyone as, as as i could tell that he he was thinking that he was better because he had shaken hands with a prophet. Interesting. That does not make you a better person.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know? So, um, I, I, no, I didn't. Um, but, but there wasn't, I don't think that I was very much culture culture shocked. Um, but after I'd gotten married and we moved to Portland, it wasn't, um, I was, it, and we were there for like three years. Um, I loved that because, uh, church in Rexburg, there would be, there would be meetings where people would basically like measure up to each other based on, um, pioneer heritage, you know? Right. And I, I hated that. I was just like, it doesn't make you any better of a person to have pioneer heritage or yeah. like if you met a prophet, like great story, bro. But like, I don't need to, or sis, um i don't I don't need to like I'm not going to treat you any differently because of your heritage, you know yeah. so, um, and that doesn't mean I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's, it doesn't make you any better or any worse. you're just you're also a human yeah. <laughs> and you deserve you deserve to be treated with respect. I yeah, don't know so definitely. um, so we went to Portland, and um, I appreciated. The Relief Society lessons there they I felt like they were more inclusive I felt like they were um when you have a high concentration of the same faith then people start to compare themselves against each other and start to think that because I do this on Sunday I'm better and mm. it's just not true but it that happens a lot no matter what religion yeah and so going to a place where people are of many religions it was it it was it wasn't so there weren't so many lessons about us versus the world because so many people had neighbors who were quote unquote the world that they loved and cared about and so those lessons just did not do well with (laughs) with the populace and so i i really missed that when we moved back um i missed that they had you know they just they had events and they had uh live music and all wonderful things and i just i appreciated the inclusive culture there
0: yeah so so let's go back to uh, your your first times in byu idaho so uh, how how long were you at, co- at college here before you met your your future to be husband
1: So I started college in 2005, the summer. So like I graduated and then I went straight to like in the fall of 2005. Um, And then uh, in 2006, I met Alex. And then in 2007, um, I, yeah, people are just, if they're in Rexburg, they're going to know it's me anyway. So we're not going to worry about (laughs) my identity. (laughs) It's me. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) if you want to change the intro you can um yeah so in 2007 um uh we got married and so
0: so you had a year then at college before you met him
1: yeah and yeah and
0: there's always a talk of you know this is the place to come to get married did you i didn't want to
1: get married until i was 24 Okay. But I met Alex and he was like my best friend and then I started having feelings for him and then we wanted to have sex and the only way to have sex as a Mormon is to get married. And like I don't read like Alex and I are going through a divorce now. I don't okay. regret marrying him. Yeah. Um, uh, we definitely grew up together. <laughs> you know we got married at age 20 and 21. He's got an interesting yeah. story. He left his mission like eight months in just kind of was like I can't teach people something I don't believe and just bought a plane ticket and left. Wow. Um which is pretty badass to come back to Rexburg. But um yeah. And I and I say Rexburg like I like I don't like it, but I actually really do like the people here and I really do like it here. But um and That's
0: yeah, they, that's something that I I really want to dive into with you as someone who still lives here despite, you know, having uh left the church and and going through I, everything that you've gone through. So, yeah. but but before that, so let's uh uh, if, if you don't mind touching on uh, on the subject a little bit more so this this is something that that i that i do hear from a lot of people which is uh there's this desire to take the relationship to a, a, another level which it seems like outside of the church that level would start to be a, a an elevated physical intimacy right but there's there's right. a huge barrier <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a huge barrier uh between that in mormonism and so uh you touching on how that was your desire so therefore it's time to get married was was very interesting to me uh, is is that something so you said no regrets of course um but no uh,
1: regrets you, but i'm definitely going to not have my kids riled with shame if they have those kind of feelings that are completely natural and if they act on them with someone that they are having a very serious relationship with yeah um i mean you know of course i don't want them to just like have sex all the time, but I, I do think that it's, I want them to understand. Like, I don't ever want my kids to be motivated by shame or guilt. Yeah. I want them to be motivated by what is right. Yeah. And I've been taught my whole life what is right and what is wrong. So figuring that out is hard and it's going to be different for me than it is for them. But I do believe that they're going to be good people. Yeah. And they're going to, belief doesn't make a person good, yeah. behavior does.
0: Definitely. So with that, uh, with that focus, this, this relationship you're having, um, it, it, as you start to go through the motions and then you, you go to the temple, how was, how was that for you in your, in your overall view of your faith in the church?
1: The temple was weird. I think the reason why we, they say secret, not sacred, but I think they keep it secret because if you were to tell people what goes on there, they'd be like, wait, now what kind of cult are you in? <laughs> <laughs> you can take that out if you think it's gonna offend people but that's really how i feel you know
0: no that's fine we we want to hear your story so (laughs) would you say going to the temple and getting married in the temple is that something that strengthened your testimony or possibly even hurt it
1: um i think it hurt it because it was weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i was prepared for the weird weirdest because you kind of get a talk like just so you know, this is going to be weird, (laughs) Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, I, I didn't like, I, I thought that the celestial room was very peaceful, but, um, I didn't, I didn't like, I just, I feel like a heavenly father wouldn't make you jump through all these hoops if he really loved you. Yeah. And he wouldn't separate me from anyone else. Because your worth is decided the day you were born. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe live a better life. Don't murder people, you know, and like, you know, treat people with kindness. Um, But those are like universal truths. Um, And I think that I just, for me, I, I don't, I don't ascribe to a God anymore. It's not really I ascribe to like I do feel like connection and energy and I don't know what that means and I don't Yeah. It doesn't need to have a definition and that, like not knowing. I I actually remember in church people would be like, "I know the church is true." And I'd get up and be like, "I don't know."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know a lot of things, but I do know that there's a lot of truth here that makes me feel good. I believe in the community. Um I I appreciate how there was um, the the temple that I would go to when I was younger for baptisms for the dead was, was the Oakland temple. And then I went to Europe on like a jazz trip and the Oakland temple was on the, the sacrament program. And it just kind of was like a, a thing that it was like, it, it was a beautiful moment, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to say, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know that it was a coincidence i don't know that it was something saying like you know this is a universal thing and 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 here this this can be beautiful um i don't know like i don't i don't put lessons to things the way that i used to
0: okay so uh after uh, after you get married How much was the temple a part of your life for, say, the next few years? Did you do the once a month uh, date night?
1: That stuff weirded me out. So we didn't really go to the temple very often.
0: Okay. So So it'd
1: be like once a year.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So after you guys get married, uh, how long were you in Rexburg before you moved to Portland?
1: We got married in 2007 and we were there until 2013
0: okay wait no so 2010.
1: Six 2010 okay
0: so three years yeah and during that time you you graduated right
1: so I graduated and then right afterward I got pregnant because I because I fulfilled the thing to my my previous self was you have to ha- you have to graduate college before you get pregnant and so I did and then I was like okay I'm gonna drop everything and just be a stay-at-home mom and like when i say it that way i'm not looking down on other stay-at-home moms but for me and what i need i definitely need more um for my own mental health i actually yeah. had postpartum depression because my identity was so tied up in how good of a mom i was and i didn't ever feel like i was the best mom you know
0: yeah. so they we, between that time before you had your first child uh, was it, how difficult was that for you to be going to school, be married in this church, and not having children? Did that present any difficulties for you?
1: Um, so Alex and I bought a house in 2008, uh, and we didn't have a kid until 2010, and so um, we were, and we decided to go to the family ward. And people just didn't know what to do with us; like they couldn't become friends with me because they had nothing in common with me because I wasn't playdates, you know? And, um, but then my, my friends in college, cause I didn't graduate until 2009. My friends in college would, they would come over and be intimidated by us because here we are with this dog in this house and no kids. And, um, it was, it was definitely, we were, we were definitely weird,
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, and like they, people didn't know what to do with us. And I, felt very alone.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I can only imagine that being, you know, super Like you said, solitary, uh, it's, it's not part of the mold and people's reactions around you would, would cause that to be pretty difficult. Would, did you feel like there was any, uh, any sort of judgment or stigma put upon yeah. you?
1: Yes, for sure.
0: And, how selfish and
1: of me to, to do school instead of have a baby.
0: Did you ever hear anything explicit like that communicated to you?
1: Um, it wasn't explicitly cre- uh, communicated, but people kept their distance.
0: Wow. Did it feel at all similar to the experiences you shared with, uh, just kind of the teachings in general in your early life about how we're going to be together with our mothers and fathers in the afterlife. And as a child with divorced parents, that made you feel out of place just because of the nature of those lessons uh did you did you see the similar thing later on where it's like we're married now we're having kids and we're going to be together in the celestial kingdom and it, do you feel like that's what caused you to feel out of place or
1: i think i let go of um the celestial kingdom uh and like kingdoms in general like the whole idea of being rated as children i just a, like i that was something that i kind of let go of and just kind of was like well let me just stick that on a shelf and i'll worry about it later maybe i'll understand someday and then i just realized it was all made up and i don't <laughs> i don't have to ascribe to it at all